everybody. Welcome back to Letterman Row. This is the Buyer's Auto Practice Report. Uh, the Buckeyes talking to the media before they hit the practice field this week. It's uh, Kevin Wilson and the tight ends. It was their turn. And the biggest update uh, of all, Jeremy Birmingham, Spencer Holbrook joining me as always, is that nobody asked if this was the year that the tight ends were going to catch the football, Berm. I am so glad people have stopped uh, wondering about that. It's never going to be the year the tight ends catch the football. And that's okay. There's too, so many good players on this Buckeyes roster. The tight ends need to be developed and turn into NFL players, and that's what they're doing. It doesn't matter how many footballs you catch in college. The tight end is always open, but so is every Ohio State wide receiver uh, in Ryan Day's offense. So it doesn't really matter who gets the ball. I think it's great to, to see that t today with Kevin Wilson there uh, in the press conference, a lot of people decided to talk to him about the offense in general. Uh, because I think sometimes we forget that he is like the offensive coordinator uh, because Ryan Day is, is such an offensive-minded guy that we kind of forget Kevin Wilson's role actually uh, is offensive coordinator more than it is tight ends coach. Yeah, and, you know, part of that too, when he was asked specifically about, uh, you know, multiple tight end sets, we saw that with much greater frequency last year for the Buckeyes with good reason when you had – uh, you know, that foursome throwing Rashad Berry in there with Jay Kausman, Jeremy Ruckert, and Luke Farrell. Obviously, Rashad Berry's gone, replaced in that room by Cade Stover. But, you know, those guys brought a bunch of different, you know, we know what you can throw the football to Jeremy Ruckert. You know that Jay Kausman can be a physical blocker. Luke Farrell's a nice combination of all of that. You got a lot of athleticism that Cade Stover can, can bring that's similar to Rashad Berry. But when asked about that, you know, continue to use two or three tight end sets, you know, Kevin Wilson was sort of like, well, I'd, I'd like to, but then you look at what these wide receivers can do and you have to take them off the field. And that goes in line with a conversation that I've had with Spencer and, and many others a number of times. You don't get an unlimited number of plays. That's why the tight ends don't have 40, 50 catches. You, these guys really want to get those young wide receivers involved, and that's going to make it hard to continue to have high-volume touches for the tight ends. It's, it's the trend that keeps coming back, right? You, you want the tight ends to get the ball. Who are you taking the ball away from? Because what he talked about with Justin Fields makes me think just a bigger, faster, stronger Justin Fields needs more carries. And then you talk about, oh, is he taking, carries away? Is he taking the ball away from Trey Sermon? Probably not because the way he talked about Trey Sermon was they're not going to miss a beat in the run game. Okay, well, then do you take it away from Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave? He, he mentioned Jamison Williams by name. Where, where's, where are these catches coming from? I mean, the tight ends are a great asset to have, but, I mean, you know, where, where's, the, where's the ball going? You, you don't want it to just go to the tight ends to go to the tight ends. Like, oh, we met our tight end quota. <laughs> if you're winning, who cares where the ball's going? And, and it just – it hasn't gone to the tight end for 10 years, and they've lost, like, 15 games, so. Yeah, I think that that sweet spot is a couple times a game. Uh, mm -hmm. I know that that sounds, you know, silly that – if you could throw it to them twice and they're open, why not do it more? But you know, part of the reason that they get so wide open the way that Jeremy Ruckert was in the Big Ten title game is because you're not, you're not prepared for the tight ends to be a major part of the passing attack. It's, they're sort of a secret, a secret weapon. Um, beyond the tight ends, though, Berm, you referenced that Kevin Wilson uh, was, was taking a big-picture look and, and was asked about it a number of times about the offense. Uh, he talked about the running game. He talked about Justin Fields. Uh, you know, he talked about – you know, those wide, young wide receivers, if you had to narrow it down to the most important takeaway that you heard from Kevin Wilson, uh, what was it? I mean, I think a few things is that, A, the running game, they're planning on basically being a 50-50 split with Master Teague and Trey Sermon, which tells us that 
Master Teague's injury is close to being healed, uh, which is pretty remarkable considering uh, the timeline of most uh, Achilles issues. Um, I think it's important that we realize that Marcus Crowley is still not where he needs to be. Um, you know, so they're moving some things around, some pieces around. But uh, to me, it's, it's the plan that Trey Sermon and Master Teague, at least heading into this next month, we should be starting full contact, full pad practice uh, in a week or next Wednesday or something. So, you know, how that continues. And then I'm interested to see if one of those guys really separates because I'm not a proponent of a two-back system. I think you need a bell cow and go. Um, I think that will be Trey Sermon eventually, but it speaks volumes about where Master Teague is and how hard he's worked to get himself back into this conversation because I think most people thought it, this was sort of a wasted year for Master Teague. Yeah, I think, I think the perception was, sorry, Spencer, that no, you're good. You know, leaving – leaving March, you know, talking to Ryan Day in April and May that Marcus Crowley was getting ready to get back to full speed or that by training camp or the originally scheduled training camp last month that Marcus Crowley would be good to go and that, you know, it was going to be very tough for Master Teague to get ready. If anybody is a, a quote-unquote winner out of having this season delayed, it's got to be Master Teague with the chance to get that Achilles ready to go. Um, now, that still just puts him in a competition because Trey Sermon – uh, who also had an injury last year but was medically cleared back in April to, to get, you know, going and doing footwork drills and obviously hasn't put on the pads yet for the Buckeyes. All indications are this guy is the ideal fit for the Buckeyes and the coaching staff has been thrilled about what he can provide. So, you know, Teague still has a lot of work to do here, but uh, we've seen what he can do in a limited role or a secondary role. And then the conversation has been, and Kevin Wilson's brought this up, can, Ryan Day's brought this up, can he be the number one? Uh, he has to take that next step. I think uh, the biggest thing that I, that I heard the entire day was the 50-50 split because it told you not only that Master Teague is getting healthy, it told you that Trey Sermon is the kind of back. Because when I, when I first heard this news about Trey Sermon and you look at the whole picture of the running back room, I thought one thing and one thing only – can Trey Sermon be a feature back? We've never seen it, and you're probably tired of hearing me say it, Austin, because every time we talk about him, I bring it up. That's the key to this entire offense. If Trey Sermon can be a feature back, no offense to Master Teague, I think Master Teague has, has his limitations. If Trey Sermon can be a feature back, the offense just takes another step. And I think this entire puzzle of where do the, how do the ball get spread out, who gets the ball, where, do, where does it go and when and how, it relies on the run game because you've got the road graders, you've got the wide receivers on the outside, maybe Garrett Wilson on the inside. If, if you have a bell cow, like Berm said, your offense takes another step. I think, you know, what's fascinating to me is that Ohio State had three spring practices, Master Teague tore his Achilles on the final one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and here we are at the end of September. Nobody's played yet. They haven't put on pads and gone full speed ahead since then. Master Teague's, uh, best asset is a straight line speed, right? Like hit the hole and go. And with an Achilles, like that's the one part of your game that I think is going to take a little bit longer to get back. He may be running. He may be able to do a lot of things, but to know and feel confident that you can go full speed and really uh, push off and go hard on that sort of injury. I don't know that they've really been able to show that he's able to do that in a game setting. So, um, you know, that's, we saw, the year after tough Borland came back from his torn Achilles, he was a step slower than he was. So is master Teague's game going to have to change because he may not be top end speed like he was a year ago. And 
uh, it's easier to bounce back from a, a torn ACL like um, Trey had to do than Master has to do with uh, Achilles. So I think that 50-50 thing sounds interesting right now, but I'm, I'm not a believer that that's how it's going to be come uh, October 24th. And to your point, oh, I just want, I think it was day one of spring camp berm because we, we actually got to see it and had the picture. Not sure which one of you two guys took it where Master was hobbling off the field and you thought, well, there, there can't be anything that's that, that seriously wrong with him because he didn't go down, crumple right. to the ground, like uh, walked off the field. And then because we still had a couple days where we thought it was going to be normal, it's like, well, is Demario McCall going to move back to running back? Are we going to have another off season of talking about his role on this team? And that's also another name Ryan Day brought it up on his coach's show on Thursday, and Kevin Wilson brought him up again today as sort of this, you know, hybrid weapon. Uh, you guys know how I feel about Demario McCall fitting into this Ohio State offense, but uh, I don't think that they're bringing him up for no reason. I think there's reason to believe he can play a role, and I think that's one of the biggest questions heading into this this you know we got a month but this Nebraska game uh I think we can officially start to look forward to that where does he fit in like because it's not in the slot because you want Garrett Wilson there as many times as possible and if you have two tight ends on the field you might not even have a slot receiver it's not going to be in a running back role because you've got Trey Sermon and Master Teague so they keep bringing him up but I just kind of want to know where exactly they bring him up to put him like, we're not going to get to see any of this. Even in a normal season, we probably only see 10 minutes of stretching. So, like, we, we wouldn't know until the first game anyways. I just – I'm starting to become with you, Austin. Like, last year at the beginning of the year, I was like, maybe he does have a role in this offense. And, and I just don't see where it could fit with the amount of tight ends you have taking one of the slot receivers off the field when you got tight ends on the field. When you do have a slot receiver in there, it's probably going to be Garrett Wilson. You've got guys on the outside that are capable, and DeMario's body doesn't – doesn't look like an outside receiver anyways, where does it, where do you put it? Yeah, there's no, on this show, I don't think that anyone is going to dispute that. Our, our stance on the DeMario McCall usage is pretty clear. Yeah. I think sometimes guys' names get brought up because it's good to make sure that they're aware or that the players know that they're still being thought of, but logistically, realistically, holistically it's not a fit for what this offense is right now you know you we saw demario mccall limited usage against michigan two years ago with you know beating devin bush in in the flats and like you, you there is a spot for him it's but it's a spot it's not a role it's like it's like it's a pinch hitter when you need something quick and it's, it's uh it's one play it's not a, a full-on mm-hmm. part of the offense it's yeah. like a second and three in the second quarter. Like, oh, get him in the flat. You hit him with a route. And then he shows up at the box score. He's like, oh, he had a catch? Oh, that's right. He did have a catch. So that's, what, that's the way, like you said, Berm, it's more of a spot than a role. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a gimmicky, gadgety, specialized kind of role. And, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You have 85 scholarship players on your team. Uh, not, and like we've said with the tight ends, that to start all this off, not everybody gets to touch the football uh, as much as they might want. The other headline I think that people are going to see a lot in the coming days is you know, Kevin Wilson talking about Justin Fields and his diet and going vegan. Uh, Berm is our resident uh, dietologist, dietitian uh, over the summer with all you've done. I mean, is that the way? You've done it by continuing to leave meat in your diet. You had Jimmy John's for lunch today. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you approve of this approach? I think that whatever Justin's doing clearly works. We've all seen his social media like pictures and stuff. He looks 
uh, in great shape. He is a freak athlete and he was a freak athlete a year ago. If, if not eating meat or cheese has made him a better athlete, then great. Uh, I like meat and I like cheese. Uh, so I will continue to eat that in limited quantities uh, and um, counting calories and walking a lot. But uh, if if all you have to do to become the best quarterback in the country is not eat meat, more people would probably do that. I don't think that that's ultimately going to change much about Justin Fields other than maybe like Maybe, you know, he uses the bathroom differently than he did before. I don't know. I mean, how, how – I mean, really, what, what, what did he have to do different? The guy was – he's six foot three, 230 pounds, and runs a 4'4", and can throw the ball 65, 70 yards. So, I, did, I, I think – you brought this on yourself. I did bring man. this on myself. You I did bring this on myself. <laughs> I mean, he, he's uh, obviously I, – I think the bigger picture of what Kevin Wilson – was really saying there is that Justin Fields is taking this off season and has been very serious about making sure he's doing whatever it takes to be a better player than he was a year ago. And if this anecdotal, you know, uh, diet thing is a piece of that for him, then super. I think it's going to be great and anecdotal and a great headline, but I don't think it matters. As long as, you know, like, if he's 230 pounds, 220 pounds, he's still the, the big body, the big frame that he wanted to be. He's bigger, faster, stronger. I don't care how you get there. There's how many different ways to skin a cat, you know? So many different ways to get to the same point. So You're what, he's not eating cat, Spencer. <laughs> yeah, he's vegan. You know that's not that, part of that diet. I think you misunderstood that. That's my Northwest Ohio dialect coming in. Oh. Well, I don't know where to go with that. That's probably a good spot to say goodbye. That tells me that I've come come to the end. Uh, (laughs) I got nowhere else to go for this buyer's auto practice report. If you're buying an auto, make sure that you choose buyer's auto. Uh, If you're going vegan, try not to listen to any of us talk about diets. We are definitely not experts on that. Uh, But we do try our best uh, to have you covered on Ohio State football every single way that we can. Uh, Still about a month to go before that opener on October 24th. A lot of practices, a lot of media availability that we will continue to cover for you as always at lettermanrow.com. For Jeremy Birmingham and Spencer Holbrook, I'm Austin Ward. We'll see you next time.